inside this whip. He rained out his burner. Mama looking at me, crying. She asking when they can stop the murder. Till when did they first stop burning? Till there was no more hurdles. Pop green up, no kernels. This lean designer, no Virgil. No Tesla, I'm a mega pilot. They told my homie, so I gotta break a silence. Welcome back, man. It's a harder report. They're trying to get us out of here, man, but we're still trying to stay consistent, man. Technology is against us, but we're it's us against the world, man. The harder report never fails, never dies. Um, yeah, so just to give you guys a quick update, some technical difficulties didn't allow us to put out a pod last week, but don't worry, we're gonna make it up. And from this point onwards, we will make sure that we deliver the pod every Monday morning at 8 a.m. like we say we do. Um, but we got a lot of things we gotta talk about, a lot of things we gotta catch up about. Um, considering we haven't spoken in a while, but before we get into all of that and all the playoff fun, let's talk to the boys and see what you guys have been up to. Kev, talk to me. I heard you're a roadman these days. Uh, back to the regular schedule programming still. As Rob said, local issue last week, but we're here, so let's get to it. Yes, sir. Chris, what are you saying, man? I'm here, bro. I'm here. Hopefully still. Hopefully that it's, it's no... um. Smooth sailings from here still, but low-key, we're approaching, like, a year, you know what I'm saying, like, of just putting out content straight, bro. Like, low-key, I was thinking about it the other day, and I'm like, it was around this time last summer that we said that we're going to start doing this again, or actually, like, give it an honest try. So, I want two hiccups. That's fine still. The the record is still still shining. Show must go on. Uh that one-year milestone is big, and again, I really, really, really want you guys to support the content because it takes a lot, and a lot goes into it to actually make this happen. So uh, we're, we're trying to make sure we don't leave you guys hanging. But let's get into it because we've got a lot we got to talk about today. So playoffs are in full effect. Um, it's round two right now, some interesting matchups, which, which we will dig into. But let's start with some of the teams that have been eliminated and just kind of get a general sense of where they go from this point on because there's a lot of questions that need to be answered for certain teams and i don't know if they even know themselves what they're going to do considering the situation they're in whether it's a cap situation or whatever or whatnot so let's start with the dallas mavericks so dallas mavericks did ended up did end up losing to the clippers um i don't want to say unfortunately because it was expected the clippers to win the clippers just didn't show out initially but right now as it stands we've seen what luca did right luca is it's Luca Magic. He's real. He's a real deal. First team All NBA performer, perennial All Star, future MVP. However, they have this guy on the team named Chris Dasperzinius, who's making twenty nine this year, thirty one next year, thirty three the year after, and a player option for thirty six in 2023-2024 season. So, the the roster itself is not good. But I guess my question to you, and I'll pose this to you, Chris, is: How do you see Dallas improving their roster, considering? They're paying Porzingis upwards of $30 million for the foreseeable future. Doncic is going to be up for extension um, next year, but it'll be the year after that kicks in. And the rest of the roster is just frankly not that good, right? And I don't know if Dallas is a prime destination spot. I know that they don't have the state tax, but in your opinion, how do they improve? Is it a situation where they have to move KP or do they have to reassemble the offense to kind of feature him and make maximize the most of his abilities? No, they should have. They, they got to move KP. They're not going to get anywhere that they want to go with KP on the roster. And it's twofold, really. <clears throat> Number one, it's the fact that money will not equal production. You see what I'm saying? If you're looking at what they need KP to do, they need KP to be the five. KP can't hold up at the five. So off off of that alone, it, it's 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 dead, fam. 
He can't hold up. He he can't do what he was supposed to do when they got him. I saw a chart that was saying that when KP KP's defensive metrics on the Knicks and he was blocking balls like crazy, two point three blocks a game. Since that point in time, since his last year at the Knicks, it's just been steadily falling. This year, it's the lowest it's been. You see what I'm saying? And you watching that series, you can tell. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are literally going right through the man, around the man. However they want to do it, bro, they're just getting to the rim. And the fact that they're not able to play him, it's not going to work. It's not going to work if they can't play him at the five because him at the four isn't good enough. Because him at the four, he can't dribble the ball. He can't post up. So what does that um, that that leaves him to be a spot-up shooter. That leads him to be outside, just in the corner, waiting for the ball or waiting to do a, 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 sh- a short corner baseline cut. And that's not good enough from $30 million a year. And then the second part of it is the money. It's too much money. When you're going up against teams like the Clippers, where they have their second star being Paul George, you look at teams like the Nets, they have their second star being a guy like Kyrie Irving or James Harden, whoever you want to put. Even if you look at guys like the Bucks, the the the, the value that a guy like Chris Middleton is giving you, Chris Taps is nowhere near that. So at that point in time, you have to say to yourself, nah. No, the value is not shaping up to what we need out of a number two. Kristaps plays as if he's a low-end number three. He plays like he's in the in the back in Miami Heat days when they had LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. He plays like a low-end Bosch, a Bosch without the defense. It makes no sense. And then, again, he cannot stay healthy. They need to trade him. And it's sad because, as Kev always says, when when we realized that they need to trade him, the league had had, had already known. You know what I'm saying? So it makes it tough. But at that at the same point is that doesn't necessarily mean that there's nothing they can get out there out of a trade. What it what it does sound like is that the value that they thought or selling him at a at a plus, that dream may be dead. But selling him in general, I don't think that's dead. And I think they need to do whatever it is. If they get back a one a second round pick and just a, a guy, that's what they need. That's what they need to do because at this point, it's not about getting comparable talent. It's about freeing yourself up. It's about liberating your checkbook. That's what it's about right now. That's what they need to do. Yeah, I don't think they're necessarily a destination. Um, they haven't really signed anyone but kind of a washed-up DeAndre Jordan over the past like 10 years. But they do have Luka Doncic, right? And it's probably very attracting for European-born players. So I think... Porzingis specifically, like, I don't know if man's remember, but we had this convo last year, bro. Like, we've done this before. Like, we had the same conversation when Doncic lost to the Clippers and he was out there by himself. Why? Because Chris Saps was not healthy. This year, he managed to get through the series, but literally doing nothing for you. And in my opinion, a 7-3 shooter is no better than a 6-5 shooter if you're just shooting. I don't care how tall you are. Like, yeah, it's cool that you're seven three and you can shoot, but it does nothing for me if you're literally just shooting wide open shots, right? And after the series ends, reports come out that Kristaps doesn't like playing with Luca. I don't care. Um, how dare him, too, bro? How dare you? Honestly, how right? fucking dare you? The next, the next one thing I'll say is right. There's also like they're also saying that 
Dallas, Dallas, uh, I think Rick Carlisle basically said he asked KP to basically just stand in the corner all series just to space the floor, right? And I can agree that isn't the best way to use him, and he may have frustrations with that. But the fact of the matter is, you're not doing anything if they give you the opportunity. Facts. Right? So two things can be true. Yeah, they're misusing you, but they have no reason to use you any other way. And that's them conceding that this guy is useless because when it's time <laughs> that's to all the it best is. teams in the US, in, in, in the <laughs> NBA, what are they saying? I can't give you the rock. That's all it is. All they're telling you is, yeah, we're not, we're not, yeah, we have you relegated to this role, but that's what we think you are. That's what we think you, you have that the ability the to do. To win. Yeah, that we, we, we can't, fam, there's no possible way I give you the ball, we run a pick and roll, right? And the big switches out to Luca, and you have a man like Reggie Jackson on you, and we give you the ball on You're the high to mid post, and You're I'm seeing fade. a fadeaway. It doesn't make sense, fam. <laughs> Same it exact shot. It doesn't make sense, bro. But I think the problem is this, though. And again, he is a handicap. Dallas is just as a disclaimer. Dallas is in a unique situation right now where Luca is still on a rookie deal, and they're going to have Tim Hardaway Jr. and JJ Redick expiring, which is going to give them about 31 million in cap space, give or take depending on who they sign. So they have the ability to bring in a guy. I think the problem with KP specifically for this team is that if you look at KP on the Knicks and you look at him now, he's still taking the same type of shots. He's just not making them. And now you couple that with the fact that he's not there, he's not available. It looks a lot worse than what it was. But if you look at KP on the Knicks, he wasn't never a man to in the post back people down. Yeah, he's been he's been the same guy. He's been the yo, same it's, guy. It's just what I say, like, yo... Men, once men's readjust their lenses, like when you first blow up and like you're cool, when you're shooting 42%, but you're 7'3", you're dunking the ball, you're blocking shots, man's allow it, right? But once we realize our, like once we adjust our lenses and we say, okay, I know you can do this, show me something that's going to win games. That's when men start realize some of these guys aren't that good because we're looking at it from a different um, spectrum now when you have to win playoff games. And we're realizing that, man, like Rick Carlos like, yo, boss, I can't give you the ball. But Carlos also, in, in, I, I'm what? not going to go against Carlo, but I, I will say this. Is the thing about Rick Carlo, I feel like it goes down to talent management, right? Like, I understand KP's not as good as we once thought he was. He's not even as good as, you know, people want him to be in that type of position. If you're just a, a pick and pop big, then you have to be an efficient pick and pop big. And he's not even good at that. But at the same time, I feel like, it could be because he wasn't there the entire season that Rick Carlisle was just basically like, I have this game plan. I'm not willing to adjust it. You have to fit well, in where you see that. yourself. But that's also Chris Stapp's fault because you're never there. But okay, How but at the same time, I, I feel like it's, if a coaching's job is anything, it has to be to fit your best players or put your best players Wait, in the but position. Yo, you see me? This is where I disagree because if I'm if I'm Rick Carlisle, I don't even know if you make it through the series on a real note. Like, why, why, I'm, I can't design an offense and change things for the mans that might be there. If I'm being honest with you, like I understand that at some point he came back to the to the team, and you know you're kind of expecting him to be there going forward. But like that's the thing, like man's probably worried about if they give him the rock if he's gonna get hurt. But you you can't. I understand what you're saying. I hear 100. Well, you saying. shouldn't have to do that, but it's a real thing. But yo, fam, at the end of the day, bro, even if you do give him the basketball, if Rick Carlisle says that my best chance of winning is Luca having the ball and KP doing this, spacing out, then that's what it is. Like, and we we can honestly say that. Do you think 
giving Porzingis more like what 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 would he need like high post touches or it's not better than what Luca it's not better than Luca so why am I doing it regular season cool I hear you fam I I get it yeah get your touches in the regular season where if you have a night where you just go four for 16 and we lose it is what it is and on to the next game I hear that regular season all for it not in a seven game series though but I, I guess what I was saying, I wasn't necessarily speaking like right now. I'm talking about moving forward because the way I'm looking at it is if they trade Porzingis, people make it sound easy. It's not easy to clear cap space. It's easy. To, it's easier to move a player, but it's not easy to move a player and get cap space in return. Because cap space is, is, is it's, it's supreme. That's what people want. That's what gives you flexibility to do things, right? So even if they do trade Chris Tapps, they're going to have to take on some bad salary. Or some some filler salary that may not be as bad as his contract, but no better, th- not making your team any better. And they might have to give draft compensation on top of that. My thing no, is, I don't think, nah, he's not, I don't think Chris he's not, he's that, not that far gone. But it's not even far gone though. A man is going to take him up and say, "This guy's played what a year and a, a year and a half of full basketball out of the four years that he's been eligible to play, and I'm supposed to be giving up." real deal pieces whether guys are good or not guys yeah, are but that's what i'm court. saying like they may not get real deal pieces but they're not gonna have to sell at like 25 on the dollar is what i'm saying like, i don't think they'd have to attach picks, picks like yo crazy. i think there could be a team it's not that, that bad i think there could be a team that has salary cap and just says i'll absorb this like a team that's just starving for talent so, and where a they team do. like charlotte like charlotte says yeah we're, we're yeah. We can, we'll pick up kp because, sacramento maybe you know what i'm saying or uh, yeah sacramento's like, cap's probably fucked now but. you can find you can find there's teams out there that will be able to do it they just won't give you back what you had thought kp is worth yeah and that's all it is you change your change your perspective and trade it because like yo fuck like if he if he's a walking 20 and 9 the fact of the matter is like yo he's not doing anything for your team right and to what rob's saying like yo there's stretches during the series i remember one specific game i don't remember which game it was probably like game three or four they gave chris Saps the ball in like the third quarter to the fourth when luca was resting and it was an absolute shit show reggie jackson's on you he's fading zubash is on you he's fading like, come on, man. Like, the only s- trade scenario I see is CJ for Kristaps. I, I heard like that floating that. around. Two, what, why would two, Portland do that? That's just two desperate teams, in my opinion. Like, that's the only, only explanation I have. If, say, they bring back Norman Powell, he shifts over to the two. That's the only explanation I have. So, like. I I, I, I can't hear that, but I don't, I don't know how. I think that helps Dallas. I don't necessarily understand what that does for. Uh, I don't know what that does for Portland. So. But I feel yeah, like Portland's always know, struggling but... with health to begin with. So why would you bring in a man that, that that's yeah. known to be an injury guy? Because CJ, as much as we give CJ praise, that guy's injury prone. Like he's he's out, yeah, he's out the lineup a lot of times. The same with Nurk, and that's why I feel bad for Dame sometimes because um, you never really know, right? Like you don't really know exactly what he's gonna get, but he's going out there doing the best he can for himself. But Let's use that to pivot to, to Portland now because they also got eliminated by the hands of the Dallas. Sorry, the Denver Nuggets. Um, Dame, I'll just throw it out there off the top. Dame basically came out and said that he wanted Jason Kidd to be the next head coach. And I believe the reports were saying that Jason Kidd kind of turned it down. I don't know if he got cold feet and wasn't there for the starlight. He removed or, his candidacy still. Like, they didn't offer him the job, but he removed his candidacy. But that's, that's basically the same thing because your star player says, Yo, I'm, if, if Portland comes on and says... 
Damian Lillard is going to have a say in the next head coach, and he comes out and advocates for a man, and you remove your candidacy, you're pussy. <laughs> you're nervous. No, you're not pussy. You're it just maybe it's, it's it may be a case that the man just doesn't want to go over there. You don't want to be a head coach. No, there's, uh, fam, there's no way you're telling Jason Kidd wants to be a Lakers. head coach. He will be a head coach, bro. Like, so you want to be a head coach of a losing team? What are you talking, fam? First of all, Portland isn't even like the best outlook for a team, bro. Like Dame probably has two more years there, one more year there before we actually start seeing that trade Dame noise actually pick up substantial steam. Like it's not that good of a situation. You lose Dame, you're 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 in nowhere. You're you're in no man's land. But yo, I feel like to walk in to a team with Damian Lillard on it alone is like that's enough for me personally. I don't really like it's it, has, it must have something to do with what Dame said or something. I don't know. Like I don't get it. But first, before that, Robs, did Dame show up in that series? By by my logic, he didn't still because he held the L fam. Right. He put the numbers up, but it's results the same. Alright. Yeah, like That's I think actually, you're actually crazy stuff. <laughs> Yo, he just has to stick by it. That's yeah. all it is. But you're gonna be sticking by fuckery for the rest but of your life. But it's not even about that, fam. It's just I, I'm a I'm a real big believer in wins. Cause at the end of the day, when we go back and we look at historical matchups, you're not gonna dig into the, you might dig into the details and see he did what he did, but at first glance, did you get the dub? No, you didn't. History doesn't remember the losers. <laughs> they really Fair, don't. History will remember him dropping 55 points and getting I get that, bro. two and double I overtimes to force a game seven. I promise you, history is going to remember that. So. Actually, I actually don't know if it will still. Fam, if you go back history to the remembers 90s, when Jordan went to overtime and lost, but dropped 63 Jordan, on Celtics. That's Jordan. Ah, exactly. Might as well remember when Isaiah Thomas went out there and did whatever he did against Jordan and still held the L. Like, you know what I'm saying? That, like, history doesn't remember the losers. You can remember the losers if you're willing to go and source that I information. I remember him dropping 55 in a double We OT. will. We, yes, will. we will. But his history won't. 30 years from now, when the man's like us who are watching ball are looking back, they're not remembering that Damian Lillard dropped something. something. But you know, why, you, know why, you know why I say man's are going to remember? Because when it gets time to arguing what these guys have done in their career and then you pull up their, their, their playoff history, bro, that's when you know. Like, when people are going to say, yeah, but Dame never won a ring. And then you're going to see, like, me. Like, I, to this day, I still say Carmelo never been to the conference finals. You know what I'm saying? Mans are going to pull up the thing and say, all right, what happened here? And then you remember, where did it go wrong? All right, he went to game seven against his team, but why didn't he win? But does that change the result, Chris? We it can dig into the details result, all the time, but it doesn't change the It's bringing the context to the situation is what I'm saying. You'll remember the context when you're trying to evaluate these players. And when it gets to the point of evaluation, you'll remember that. Well, all I'm saying is you can only contextualize a loss so far. It's not changing the result that it's still an L. We could talk yeah, about you, you dropping to, 75 You don't have to contextualize the, the – like, for example, you don't have to contextualize Luca. He's out there on his ones. I am next. Dame brought it to fifty five going into the going into game seven, got it to game seven. He gets to game seven, they lost. Alright, cool. Next. Like So why are you mad at me if I just if I skip the details and just say it's an L? Because you're you're not given the proper um like evaluation to the situation. Like you're not properly evaluating what happened. You're saying that Dame didn't show up, which is absolutely a lie. But what I'm saying is, I'm talking from a historical perspective. If I look at the nah, game, fact, he put no, up the numbers, nah, no, but it's no, an L. No, bro, he didn't no. show up because history will remember asked, it that did, way. Did Damian Lillard show up in this series? Okay, you but you have to understand no, my point. It's irresponsible. But you have to understand my point. It's ridiculous. 
it's you have all to understand the my point. What I'm saying is, I if you ask me right now whether Damian Lillard put up the numbers, yes, he did. But I'm talking from right, a historical so perspective. It doesn't so, matter because it's fam, going so to show us an L. No, no, that, it doesn't make sense. You can't talk. Bro, two sides I'm not of your stuck mouth, in the fam. moment. I'm talking about how it's gonna how it's gonna stand nah, in history. Bro, you he didn't show up. Talk two sides of your mouth. If you're telling me he put the numbers up, that means he showed up. No, it doesn't, and that's exactly what I'm saying. What, that's so exactly what, you, what I'm saying. Right, nah, that's I'm exactly what I'm saying. Nonsense, what you said. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not gonna game it. You're not gonna tell me a nigga came and put up his numbers and didn't show up. And walked I'm not an idiot still. And I'm not an idiot. Playoff basketball. I'm not an couch. idiot still. <laughs> Come Continue. On, I'm not man. an idiot. I'm sorry. Come on, I'm not man. An idiot. When we look back in 20 years, it's not gonna matter. Fam, you're, it's you're an L. Nah, nah, you're out here talking two sides of your mouth. It's an L. Not gonna tell me he put the numbers up, but he didn't show up. Made no sense. That's exactly, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And I've been sticking with that. Why are man's Why are man's Why are man's surprised? I've been saying I'm six three, but I'm not tall. What? <laughs> That's not an analogy. Anyway, though. <laughs> like, I'm black, but I'm not a minority. What? I don't know what you're comparing. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? No, what type of analogies is man's bringing <laughs> like, to the table? Right? <laughs> it makes no sense. Oh, what <laughs> type of analogies is guys bringing to the table? The fuck is that? <laughs> exactly. I don't know what he's talking it makes about. Makes no damn sense, bro. Are you are you or are you not, bro? bro did he it, show up or did he not, bro? Like what? Anyway though. <laughs> um, back to the Portland situation. I think I think the thing about Portland is how should I put this? I think Portland is one of those teams where they need to really realize that the guys they have are not the guys that actually are gonna make a difference. I think they got too invested in guys like CJ McCollum and Nurk. Um, and realize that those guys don't really move the needle. And I keep telling people this. I was even talking to my roommate about it the other day. CJ looks very good. The game is smooth. <laughs> is he really going out there doing what a second star should be doing? No. Because even this was his best season. Best season. And if we're comparing CJ to other number twos in the league, it, he's not adequate. Whereas Dame is the number one, for the most part, people would lead you to believe that he is one of those guys. So I think Portland just made the mistake, man. They committed to the wrong guys. Um, and then once they realized that, they tried to throw in a bunch of knick-knack pieces to make it look better. Robert Covington wasn't going to move the needle. We knew that, right? That guy sucks now. Bro. Zach Collins don't play basketball. Ennis Cantor, Mello, Anthony Simons, the guy that's untouchable. Like These are not guys that are going to – I'm not going to say they're not going to be on playoff teams because they, they very well might be, but they're not guys that you're looking to be your top seven when when things get tight. So even Robert Covington, like like – He's piss poor these days. And it's just like, I don't really know. I don't know. I think they just made the commitment to the wrong guys. And once they realized that those guys don't move the needle, they kind of just said, you know what? We already have our eggs in this basket. So we just got to see where it goes. And honestly, it might end up to Dame requesting a trade or requesting those guys to get traded. But if that's how it plays out, that's how it plays out. Yeah, I think like looking at Portland, whether or not you want to agree that Dame, like CJ, isn't good enough as a number two. I think it's. I think everyone can agree he's the guy you have to look at the trade still. Like either him or Nurkic, and I don't think really maybe Nurkic is fetching you that much on the open market. And the fact of the matter is, as bad as Nurkic is, like you need a center. As bad as he is, he's probably one of the top ten centers in the league. Right? That's that's nah, how washed that position is. No, nah, so, no, nah, he's not. He's not. If okay, but he's close. Is all I'm saying. Probably, probably sixteenth. He's close. So <laughs> I can name 10 right now. So. CJ is the likely guy. And yo, I agree with Rob's, man. CJ's game, if you watch it, he looks like he's he can score with his eyes closed, though. But as we were having this conversation offline, like, yo, like when you actually look at the numbers, 
he's great for what he does, but it's not good enough. He's basically just a scorer, and he's very good at it. But there are a lot of guys in this league that do exactly what he does. We just don't rate them. Whether it's the way they play, whether it's the team they're on, maybe it's the winning success they've had, I don't know. But there are a lot of guys, if not that do what CJ does, they do something similar for a much cheaper price. And that can maybe give you some flexibility. So I think, and even looking at Norman Powell, like Norman Powell, without CJ, Norman Powell slides into that number two role and he's giving you 20 a game on very efficient shooting from the field and from three. It's not going to look anywhere close to CJ. He's not going to be as good as CJ putting the ball in the basket, but the price you're going to pay for a guy like that is way cheaper than the CJ. So like, CJ makes that's it 30 the natural mil next option. year, right? 30 mil. Yeah, I know. So they might resign him, but like I'm just saying like, you got you're gonna have to pick somebody and it's gonna have to be CJ. Because you can't walk into next year with the same roster. Unless you're doing that bullshit about oh new coach, new year type of thing. And that can't go on. Listen, man. I'm not I'm not saying when I, when I when I when I cape for CJ, bro, I'm not saying that the man is on the level of like a Kyrie in terms of a number two or a Paul George, right? But what I will say is when you look at number twos like that, those teams are called a super team for a reason. It's because they have a number two that can easily be your number one. But that can't be the same for 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 probably 90% of the league. You only get that with so much teams, probably five a year, if that, if five. Because at some points, we don't even want to give the fifth or the fourth team that type of luxury when it comes to when it comes to these things. So when I look at it from that lens... I'm saying, okay, we have a guy here that is a career, borderline career, forty percent uh, three-point sh- shooter. Shooter. We have a guy who's basically forty-five percent from the field a year. Since he got his chance, he's averaged twenty points a game or more since he became an everyday starter. He can handle the ball for you. He can assist for you. And. He's not a plus defender, but he's also not a negative to the fact where you can target him and you can roast him on a night-to-night basis. When I look at that, I'm saying, what's all the hoopla for about CJ? You know what I'm saying? Like, CJ is 20, this year CJ was 23 points a game, 40% from deep. And he's not like he's 40% because he's taking on one or two a game. Nah, he's shooting the ball from deep. And he's connecting on a 40% clip. So I'm saying I don't I don't understand the why the backlash on CJ is is like mounting. I really don't I don't get it. Yes, I'm not saying that he's, you know, a certified pre, pre uh, like every year all-star, but at the same point, he's always in that discussion. He's always around but that yeah, that's a a, thing, around that bend. That's, a, that's and then you have and he's in the West. He's in the conference where if CJ was in the East, I'm sure we know that he would at least have a one or two like Chris Middleton. Yo, you know if why Chris Middleton was in the Chris? West, he's not catching that. You know why that doesn't matter, though? Because they play the playoffs in the West. So that has no relevance. I hear that. But what I'm saying is that the talent, we know that the talent is good enough to be an all-star, is what I'm saying. But it's clearly not. No. If it, It's clearly not in the West. If you're talking about as a, as a whole of NBA, if he's one of the more talented players, yes. But if we're talking about the Western Conference, we yeah, could say... That's, he, that's what I'm saying, though. I'm talking about, like, CJ in, in respects to the rest of the league. Because as I said, when you get past your super teams, the teams that have a number two that can easily be your number let's, one. Let's define super teams because the Clippers are not a super team. 
Fam, the Clippers are a super team. They've been called a super team for years now, bro. They were called a super team when their bench had two six men of the year. So when... going into this year, they weren't recognized as a super team. No, super they had team the, they had the fourth stars. best. They had the fourth best playoff odds. What are you talking about? That, that, that doesn't make you a super team. You know, How super not? teams. Super teams have been the Celtics, the Miami Heat, the Golden State Warriors when they had KD. Those have been super teams. You're just talking about teams that are favored to win the playoffs. Fam, going into this year. I heard so I was is LeBron James was LeBron James in eighty regarded as a super team? No. you got it, you got it, you got it. The fact of the matter is, you can cape for CJ all you want. He's just not good enough. And it's obvious. I'm not that, that's not like, that's not pointing to how good he is. It's just the fact is whatever it is is not enough. So we can argue all day about talent. It doesn't matter because it's not good enough. If Dame Aside from Rob's trying to die on his hill, we know Dame showed up. We know what Dame did. But yet they can't get out the first round against a team in Dallas, uh, Denver, that literally limping. No Jamal Murray, no Will Barton, and it's just Jokic out there. And you lost to that team. Yeah. Um, Again, it isn't good enough to where you need to get it to, but it's... What I'm trying to say is all that blame shouldn't be at the feet of, of CJ. That's 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 basically because he's the next say. guy. It's all it's, that's just he, the way it goes. But he's the next Dame, guy because he is the next guy that they have. So like you're not gonna trade Dame. So who's the next guy that can get you any type of talent that is going to put you to where you need to go? And that's, and that's, and that's CJ. That's Perfectly fine. But let's let's frame it like that. Then that's what I'm saying. Let's frame no, 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 it like that. No, no, no. Because I personally don't believe. I personally don't believe he's as good as you think he is. But I'm not going to – I just see no sense in arguing if we both admit that he's not good enough. Like, what? how I feel about him as a player is irrelevant if we can both admit he's not good enough. Because you may think he's – he's his talent is somewhere, and I may disagree. But at the end of the day, if we come to the same conclusion, what are we arguing about? I hear that. So it's just a narrative for me. Like, I just don't – I'm hearing man's move like CJ is, is sorry. That's, that's the but problem. But he's not sorry, but it's just not good Nah, enough. the narrative around it, they move like he's sorry, bro. They move like he's like a – like on the level of like a Chris Stapps, where like I'm saying that nigga sorry, and you need to get whatever you can get for him. But Chris, let's look at the facts, right? Quickly, let's just look at the facts. I'm, I'll, I'm I, all I, about I, the facts. But I'm I say again, I I'll give CJ his flowers for how the game looks. For one, he's never averaged more than twenty five a game, right? He's never even averaged twenty four a game. Fam, it, if you're, no, getting, but if it matters, you're getting to twenty five a game, you're you're a star, fam. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You're talking about him never being an MVP in the All-Star game, but yet he's never averaged 24 a game. He religiously is out the lineup for whatever it is, whatever injury it is. He, nah, nah, nah. That's not fair. What do you mean it's not fair, man? The Mavs he played 80, 80, 80, 70, 70 in a shortened season, by the way, and 47. But fam. He's barely missed games, Robs. This is the only year that he's really <laughs> like, missing. No, 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 It's because he. It's because of recent memory when he had his. Um, yeah, he had a back issue. 80, 80, 80 70. He missed twelve Fam. games. Then he missed two games, and then this year he missed a lot of games. Bro, those Relax. are pivotal games, though. Relax. We're not acting like man when James when um Dame has to go on a tear. Missed the playoff game. I don't Relax, know. Relax. games, though. But I remember he missed a whole month in January, and Dame had to go out there and drop like 50, 60 a game. Yes, but like, that's what, but don't move, that's don't what I'm saying. Don't, like, let's look at the reserve, totality. Reserve certain words for not injury prone. Don't do that, fam. Just save that one. Still. It looks like he's injury prone. I'll say that. Yeah, but he's not. 
And and that's what I'm talking. It's the narrative behind it, bro. The narrative is my issue. My thing the is, narrative. I just look at CJ and I'm like, yo, you're not good enough. Like, the thing about CJ's game looks really good. It looks very good. But when it comes down to it, bro, I know that if CJ's my best guy, I'm not going anywhere. He's it's not just a matter. Fam, you know what? You, you, know, you know where I don't have the beef? It's because when, when the Bucks eventually lose, you're going to hear the same thing about Chris Middleton. Now he's not good enough to be your number two. You see what I'm saying? Like, weren't people saying that from before? But but what I'm saying is that's just an incorrect statement. Is is what I'm saying. Like, yes, he's not good enough, but it's how we frame the situation because it's not like the man isn't good, bro. That's all I'm saying. Like, it's just how we frame it. If we frame it better, I can get on board and I can say yes, it's not good enough. But these are the reasons why. Yeah, but I don't think that's fair because you can look at it and say no one's ever going to deny that you're not good because you're good enough to be in the conversation. But it's no different than like. You can get an all-star team of people, but that doesn't mean that you're a first-team All-NBA guy. There's still a, there's still a, a level above that. You know what I mean? There's always levels. You're in the room, but there's still a closet that the man's go to. You know what I'm saying? Pause, pause, pause. But you get what I'm saying, though, right? Like, you could be in the house, but there's still a room for the upper echelon of players, right? That doesn't mean yeah, that you're not good. There's always levels. There's always yeah. I'm, there's always levels. But then, like, all I'm saying is, it's the way you speak about those levels is, is is where I'm coming from with a guy like CJ, with a guy like Chris Middleton, with 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 guys that are are showing up, but the job is not getting done. And now you're trying to look to see if there's greener pastures somewhere else that you can find. But the reality is, is that in in trading a guy like CJ McCollum and thinking that you're going to get back the production that he has, where, where are you getting it? I mean, that's a million dollar question, right? <laughs> you're not. I can answer. No, don't say you. that. Don't say that. You're not. Who, don't say where that. Are you, what are you going to do? To, to trade CJ McCollum, to trade 23 points a game, basically five and five. Where are you trading five, 23, five and five? And, and who's coming back and getting you, getting you yeah, that the back? The thing is with me, I don't think you necessarily need that back. Like, as I said, with Norman Powell, like, I don't think they need scoring. I don't think that's what they're lacking. So, what do you think they're lacking? Just like front court depth or like what? Like defense or? I think they have a serious problem on defense. I think obviously Robert Covington is a failed experiment. Yo, again, like, there's no clear answer. If I'm being honest with you, like, I know we're saying trade CJ, but like, I actually don't know what the answer is. I think we're getting time to where Dame has to like, it's it's gonna come to a time where Dame's actually gonna have to tell Mandy, I gotta go. Still, he just has to go, bro. That's what's gonna end up happening. There's there's no easy fix here. The only way I see them coming out of this is if they luck up on a draft pick. And they and get yo, some crazy draft rookie coming in to save the day, but the from the core is the core. As much as we, as much as we say Dame showed up, like maybe he's actually just a number two. And that's another discussion you can have, like to no fault of his own, right? Like maybe, maybe if you gave a next man this collection of talent, you'd have a different result. So I don't know. That's another discussion you can have. But, like, as I said, there's only five teams out here that are actually winning the chip or that you can actually – that can actually aspire to win the chip. And it's guys that have a guy like LeBron James and then compare him with a guy like AD, a guy like Kevin Durant, pair him with a guy like Kyrie, a guy like Kawhi Leonard, pay him with a guy like PG. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you can have your Utahs that – the 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 system and 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 the people around where you have a guy like Donovan Mitchell, but you have a guy that's equally as talented on defensive end uh, in in Gobert. 
where you can go out there and you can say, I have a top three offense because I have Donovan Mitchell, Conley, Bogdanovich, um, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Clarkson, leading the league in three-point shooting. You know what I'm saying? And then you have a guy like uh, Goobs that is locking down the paint, making that a top three unit as well. Like, that's the only way you can really do these things. But at this, when you when you when you're a team that is not, you know, one of the top teams on offense, regardless of you having CJ and Dame and whatever the case is, and you're definitely a liability on defense, you're not going to get the job done. And I don't see how you fix it. You're not going to fix it. Maybe if a guy like Nurkic could be what Nurkic is supposed to be, can protect the paint, can give you 17 and 10 nightly and stay out of foul trouble, maybe you would have a chance. But that's not what it is. So, like, I don't know, bro. There's there's really nowhere for this to go but free Dame. <laughs> like, free Dame. We'll, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But let's pivot to the Knicks because uh, we still got a couple of things we got to talk about. So the Knicks got eliminated, to be honest, at the hands of Trey Young. Shout out my guy, Trey Young. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know I'm a fan. But that's neither here nor there. But Julius Randle didn't show up. Right. Um, obviously, didn't look the same way he looked in the regular season. And then now people are just kind of looking at the Knicks roster and saying, like, this team wasn't really that good to begin with. And that's, I guess, a point to them, because if you look at the roster just by itself, it's not talented. So for them to go this far, it's how they have to give credit to Julius Randle and or Tom Thibodeau, because they really shouldn't have even sniffed a playoff berth with this roster. So. Julius Randle's on contract right now for 18 and a, well, basically 19 million next year. He has an, uh, another, another year on books for about 20 million. And I heard there's some rumors of him getting extension. Everyone else on the team is basically on a one-year contract with the exception of Toppin, uh, Knox, that nigga needs to get waived, uh, quickly and Barry. So I guess I'll start off with this. I would say, I think the Knicks are primed to land a star either this off season or at the trade deadline. Um, the reason why I say that is because they've shown Julius Randle can go out there and do it. No one's going to sit down there and tell me that Julius Randle's the number one guy. Could he be a, a feasible two in the in the make of like a Pascal Siasam, not in terms of play style, but just in terms of what they offer to a team? Definitely. And I think that a lot of stars, especially stars that may be disgruntled, are probably looking at the situation saying, I'm going to be in the Big Apple. I'm going to have the limelight. They have money on books, so if they were to make a trade or assign a guy, they'd still be able to have enough money to fill out the roster. And then you have Julius Randle who could go out there and, and do what he needs to do when he's not having all eyes on him. So I think the Knicks moving forward need to be really, really, really selective um, with how they spend their money, especially as it relates to some of these guys that are up for extension like Nilakina, um, Nerlens Noel, Bullock, uh, even Mitchell Robinson, like I, they really, really need to watch how they spend their money because if it's not this offseason, come trade deadline, there's going to be a piece available that will make them significantly better. And I wouldn't want them to tie themselves up into guys that aren't going to move the needle and then sacrifice the opportunity or not give themselves the opportunity to at least be in a position to land a star. So um, I'm proud of New York because I do believe that, you know, they overachieved and the, the, it's looking bright, at least from a cap perspective, but they need to be real, real, real selective with their decisions moving forward. But what do you think, Kev? Yeah, I agree. Like, shout out to the Knicks. They had a great season. They overachieved. What they simply cannot do 
is what the Portland Trailblazers did and what the uh, the Miami Heat did. Where you have one good year, you overachieve, you exceed all expectations, make the playoffs when you weren't supposed to. And now you just start handing man like Al Camino a bag. Can't have that happen still. Because I'm not of the mindset. I don't think that players are all of a sudden going to want to come play for the dysfunctional New York Knicks. But you certainly look a lot better than you did six months ago. So for that alone, you have to be very careful, as Rob said. Do not start giving out contracts because you got somewhere. It's that simple for me. You have a lot of mans on rookie contracts. You have a man like Kevin Knox who's probably due next year. Mitchell Robinson, obviously. I think you have to be very careful with him because, like... Yo, is, Kev, hold on, is Kevin Knox even in a discussion? No, but I'm just saying, like, there's going to be mans... Like, they're going to have a lot of decisions to make is all I'm saying still. like, And a lot of their draft picks have not panned out. So, I don't know. I just think, they, like... They just can't make that mistake, man, and just give all these same guys, like man, like Taj Gibson, the Reggie Bullocks, the, uh, the Alfred Paytons, like the man's that help you get there. You can't just start giving them bare money now. The Nerlens Noel, like, you can't just start handing out multi year contracts for tens of millions of dollars and then you realize you're actually dog shit still. You should know that. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, I agree. And then, but honestly, I'm trying to talk about Julius, bro. Julius gets in the fi- in the, into the playoffs one time. Shot 29% from the field. Now, I don't know. Atlanta might be like the reincarnation of the 04 Pistons, and I and I just didn't realize, but that's ridiculous. There's no – I don't care what they – what they what defensive thing they did to you. I don't care, bro. I really don't care because what I do know is that in watching the game, he got help. It's not like he was out there on his ones and he didn't get the help that he got, that he needed. So, like, he was forced to just do anything and anything. Because Derrick Rose, when he came into, into the into the thing, he played. He played well. Guys like Alec Burks played well. Reggie Bullock played well. Julius Randle cannot go out there and, and, and average 29% from the floor, bro. From the floor. It's, it's an absolute, your pants is down, you're getting exposed. And he cost himself a, a shit ton of money, bro. A I, shit ton of money. I don't think he's going to affect him like that. Though, he's, he's currently eligible to get his extension, right? And if I'm the Knicks, I can't go over $30 million. I can't. How much? $30 mil. Fam, man, we're talking about Julius Randle cashing in somewhere from 36 to $38 million, bro. Bro, I wouldn't even give him... I don't even know if I'm giving that nigga 20 bro. Like, no, he's man, making 20 now. He's making 20 now. Basically. 18. Yo, the thing is, like, I just don't... Like, regardless of the money, whether it's 20 or 30, I just don't want to signal that this is the guy. If you guys understand what I'm saying. Mm. I hear that. But on a good team, he's gonna want his he's gonna want his extension this year. He's not gonna come back and play on a one year deal. On a good team, Julius Randle is like let's be real. On a good team, Julius Randle has no place. Like, uh, I don't know about that stuff. But here, that's but how he does. He showed me something this year, man. But kept this was this was my apprehension all year long. No, 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 fam. That, <laughs> but, but you know, don't get like, it twisted. That doesn't change the fact of what he did because he did yeah. it. But but when it comes time to now pay him, you know. Oh yeah, I, yeah, that's but, a different story. You, but this but this is what I'm saying, like, and this is why I didn't want to switch up from what I was saying because you again, I don't want to be the one talking two sides of my mouth because you can't. And this is what man say, like you you can't praise me until it's time to pay me. That it doesn't work like that. If you're praising me, praise me when we're in no, when we're also negotiating around the, the table. You can't do that, and you're that's why. The Knicks? I, yeah, I'm 
terms of the next or everyone, you know what I'm saying? Like, because back when I was talking, when I was apprehensive to give him his all-star, when I was apprehensive to give him his all-NBA nod or apprehensive to all, give him... those are in-season things. That's nothing to do with the future. That's my point. But but those in-season things are now about to play in, have to play into his 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 paycheck. That's fair. Like, but like, him doing yeah, what he I, did, I understand you what can't go saying, to the so, table but... and tell him $20 million a year now. He's ma- fair. He's making 20 now. Yeah. Like, so obviously I'm kind of wilding for 20, but like 30 just seems like a scam. Still. The thing about yeah, it is like, five, that's what, that's what he did. That's what, that's what his in season would lead you to believe. But me, I'm a man that's saying I'm, I will never be fooled. I will know what Randall is, bro. Okay. But hold on. Let me ask you this, right? Because this, we have to put things into perspective. For instance, we know Pascal's not a guy. But Pascal still thrived as a second option and won I a thought, chip. Yo, Pascal fooled me. But I'm saying, I'll, but I'm saying, I'll readily though, admit that. But I what I'm saying he was is, a guy. what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. even when he was, when we, whether we thought he was a guy or not, he thrived in the in the role of being the second guy on the team and won a chip as a result. So even if after the fact he's not the a number one guy, we know he can thrive in a number two role. So I don't think Agreed. it's too far fit. <sighs> I don't know what. Come on, come on. I said I agree, bro. Excuse oh, sorry. Agree. I thought you said three. I thought you said three. No, 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 I said I agree. Finish, finish. Um, so yeah. So I think it'd be it'd be it'd be kind of wild to not give Julius Randle the benefit of the doubt to say that's where I disagree. Still, you could be the second guy. Nah, I don't have to pay you forty million. You I'll give that? you a thirty yo, million. Yo, do you know what it is for me? Like. I just look at his game, and I just realize once you take the ball out of his hands, he's actually useless. And I, I, I don't think the same thing about Pascal because Pascal was running the floor, Pascal was shooting the ball better than him, and he kind of yes, they kind of played a similar game in terms of like working on mismatches, getting to the rim, type of shit. But it was it's different for me still. I look at him like Pascal, and the fact that he just ran the floor and he played better without the ball in his hands is why I would say that. I would have said he's a he was a better defender at the time too. Like he was doing a much better job, even though like I I never really thought Pascal was a defender. But it's I don't know. I just look at Julius and like I can't see Julius playing thirty minutes on a good team. But they were a good team. Like you mean as part I mean of a team, team that's competing you for mean a, a team that's competing for a, a championship? championship yeah, yeah. Like, I, Julius Randle has no place on that team. So this is what I, I know that. I don't know, man. I, I can't I co-sign that. that just yet because I have I'm to give the man the benefit of the doubt. It's how I've been feeling, fam. But yo, again, Chris, I understand, but man's we're just talking about him getting his all-star now. The man's averaging like 22 and 10, fourth in the East, and you're saying the man's not an all-star. Like, Yeah, because I hear, again, I hear that, but I couldn't get over that. I couldn't get over, get over the hill of me saying I know what Julius is. And the fact that he's going to come into the playoffs and gave you 20, I honestly can't remember a worse debut. Twenty nine percent from a big man fan. Towns though. Nah, Towns didn't go out. Didn't go out like this though. He didn't go out like this. Twenty nine percent. Do you know how bad that is? Come on. He shot. Yeah, twenty nine. Shit. <laughs> like, you don't know how bad that is though. <laughs> I mean, like it's gonna be interesting. Again, for the Knicks, I, all I would say is that even if they don't decide, and I don't think they have to get into a rush. I think Randall likes the limelight and I think he likes playing in New York and I think one of those situations will come about where if the Knicks are smart enough they'll kind of take a gaze of the land and say okay if this person or this person becomes available in free agency Julius will willing to give you this with your accompanying star if not I do think that maybe he might wait out until um the offseason 
and then see if they can acquire someone at the trade deadline. But again, that's playing with fire because actually it's not really playing with fire, to be honest. If I'm Julius, I don't think I'm he's walking. To the year. After, after what I just did in the playoffs, I'm coming into the year with my bag still. But the thing about it is, what's the alternative? Because I don't think Julius walks out in New York and thinks he's going to get a better situation. So what are you really leaving for? No, but it's about about securing your money, fam. Like, I did what I did. Regardless of what happened over... And this is me speaking to Julius now. Regardless of what I did over the five games in the playoffs against Atlanta, I did what I did. Yeah, I agree with that. He's probably going to be on an All-NBA team. He got most improved award. He got the All-Star nod. He did what he did. So there's no way I'm coming into the season now without a paycheck, without a new deal. It, it will not work. I get that, Chris. But my thing is, on the opposite end, I think it, it goes about reputation. Guys just started talking about Julius Randle like he's a good player. That's now. fine. I don't think he's willing to leave New York to sacrifice that, that to go back to the plane for yo, some it's not even. It's not about leaving New York, though. It's not about that. It's just about what I it, Again, I did what I did. It's not about any of that. It's about that you're going to honor what I did. That's all it is. But if they don't? <laughs> Fam, and th- and that's what we can talk about. Like that's what that's what he would have to figure out. What happens now if they don't? He may say, "I right, fine. If you're gonna make me play this, then this is my last year in New York." You don't know how it can go a lot of different ways at that point. But what I'm saying is, if I'm Julius and I have to come into the season without a without a paycheck, there's no way you can have me in your plans because it won't happen. You might as well trade me. Fair it is what I would be saying. Fair. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's in a position to call for a trade because I think he knows. I think both sides know that him being in New York is the best thing for him. Yeah, he can't ask for a trade still because yeah. if he, whatever money he's not getting from the Knicks, he's not going to get it somewhere else. No, I'm just talking about from from my. I would be telling him that, like me, I'm saying, yo, listen, if you're not paying me now, it's a dub, fam. This is my last year here, so you do what you need to do. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come out and be like I'm requesting a trade, but I'm telling you straight, I'm not signing back with you. Which is fair, but I, I think that might change if they acquire Bradley Beal. <laughs> Mads want to play meaningful basketball. <laughs> will, will getting Bradley Beal and Julius Randle be meaningful basketball? They couldn't get any worse. That's the way I'm looking can. at it. How? Then they can. How? Then they can. How? <laughs> How do you add a 30-point-per-game score and get worse? Yo, the Knicks can get worse just by, like, literally just <laughs> the magic is gone still. <laughs> I actually think they can. See, it's, a one, it's a one-time trick. What were they, like, the number one defense, number two defense in the league? Yeah. Like, come on. Are Mads really going to put the Knicks in the fourth spot next year when we do this all over again? No. Nah. Probably have them out of the playoffs next year when we nah, do this. Nah, have them at AC. Eighth or seventh seed. I'll probably, realistically, I'll have them fighting for one of those, one of those buy-ins. I hear that. But let's pivot to the last part of the last segment for the day. Um, so as I said, again, round two playoff matchups are in full effect. Um, there's still a lot going on. I don't know if you guys are saying like a lot is yet to be decided because I think a, a couple of the matchups are already done. Um, so obviously we have Phoenix playing. Um, we have Utah and the Clips playing. Um, and a bunch of teams are going at it. But I, I guess I asked this to you, uh, Kev, because I know, I know you're real passionate about some of these teams. Who do you have going to the Western Conference Finals? Because I feel like the East, for the most part, is a pretty much done decision, the way Brooklyn is looking. But who do you have going to the Western? You talking about going to the Finals because the Western? Oh, you talking about between Utah and thing? Because obviously the Suns are it's a dud. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I well, I didn't want to put that in the man's mouth. Pause, but you know what I mean. I want to make him say it himself. But basically, I th- I think the Suns are, are are already solidified as a as a Western Conference 
seed or whatever you want to call it. It's just a matter between Utah and the Clips. So what do you think, Kev? Because right now Utah is sitting 2-1. The good thing about our podcast and like just doing a podcast, my takes are on wax. <laughs> They're in the cloud. <laughs> like Whatever cloud we have that we're throwing this shit on, I can go back and pull it up. So a man can never tell me that two months ago I wasn't beating the Suns drum. Because I was. And here we are. Suns in the Western Conference Finals. And they're my pick to go to the finals. I don't care which team they see. To be honest, the way they're playing, I think they beat the, the Clippers, not handily. Um, but I think they beat the Clippers. And I also think they beat the the Jazz. What happens after that against the Nets? We probably already know the answer to that, but <laughs> great run so far. And like, yo, like I'm just, I just love that team. I love that team. You have young guys, extremely, extremely young guys who all know their role, which is next to impossible to find. Usually you have mass trying to get a bag or you have mass trying to prove themselves. But no, you have a man like Aiton who went from like an 18 and 10 guy and became a 14%, like 14 points per game run runner. And the man took it in stride, playing the best defense of his career. Um, Mikhail Bridges just does what he's asked when he's called. And you obviously know what Booker does. Booker's a bucket. All being led by CP, you have guys like Jay Crowder, Tory Craig putting him in. It's like campaign. Like everything just seems right for me on that team. And we keep, like Chris is going to say, oh, who has a Kawhi Leonard? But the thing is, like, if a team beats one of those guys, like, like at what point are we going to start solidifying, let's say, for example, Mitchell is a guy. If the Utah Jazz beat the Clippers, right? How many, like, can we then come back and say that Mitchell doesn't measure up to Kawhi when Mitchell's been performing in the playoffs literally for his entire career, like over the past four years? So it's like I look at Booker in the same light. He has obviously less experience than Mitchell, but if he starts taking these guys out, like there's no more. Oh, like he can't talk to this team because they don't have a guy of Kawhi Leonard's ilk type of shit. Like obviously, again, once we get to the finals, different conversation. There's no KD. That team's gonna wash anyone. But specifically, the West. Like I think the, the Suns have it. Momentum is everything, and that was the reason why I picked them to begin with. And it's continued as other teams have gotten worse and worse, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know, man. I You know, this whole playoffs has had me, like, on edge. Because honestly, like, from when the Lakers lost to the Suns, and we knew that we are going to have a new champion, anything went out the window, man. All my, all my, all my predictions, all my expectations kind of went out the window. Because I thought Miami, sorry, I thought Milwaukee would have came on here with some pride. They're out there folding over like lawn chairs. Utah is coming out there doing what they're doing. I don't know if the Clips love, you know, fighting back from down below, but like I just don't understand why they they looked the way they did in the first two games. Denver, I understand why they're losing to Phoenix. Phoenix is just a more assembled squad, more healthier squad. They're just more ready. They're prime. So like I don't really know how to think about some of these matches because honestly, like moving forward, like I would imagine it's going to be a, a Suns. Um, Utah finals and then I think Philly and um, Brooklyn's going to go in the east but if I had to put money on it like I, I don't really know how this is all going to shake out right like if I had to take a guess I'd probably say that Brooklyn wins it all just because I feel like top 10 not talent will prevail but 
It's all up in the air still. I don't really know. It's all up in the uh, air. I still got... Obviously, the Nets are the Nets. Like, what I've been seeing out of KD, what I see out of Kyrie at a lower level, it, it's irresponsible to say that they're not going to get to the finals. So I'm not going to be irresponsible. I still do think that there's a world that we're in which the Sixers can get it done, especially if James Harden is not going to be playing. I think then you have a situation where you, we have Joel Embiid and we have guys like Tobias Harris playing very well, Seth Curry playing very well, um, and Ben Simmons for all his offensive flaws. That series changed when he became the primary defender on Trae Young. So be that as it may, yes, I know what KD is. See it. I'm not going to be irresponsible and say he's not going to get to the finals. On the next side of the thing, my beef with the Suns. All right, listen. I'm not saying the Suns are not good, but they're giving me some real Golden State vibes when they got to the finals on their first go-around. Yes, the team is talented. Yes, they're good. But at the same time, it comes a point where we have to start looking at what actually happened. You got up against the Lakers. You were down 2-1. In the next game, in game four, you lost AD. That series is a wash. Now you're up against Jokic, where the number one guard, the lead guard, is Companzo. You're supposed to win. <laughs> and you're supposed to win handily. Handedly. And they the are. next series, I'm hoping everybody stays healthy because that's where I'm going to be able to actually look at what the Suns have and what type of team they are. Because right now, they haven't proved anything to me. They've done what they're supposed to do because of the circumstances that they found themselves in. That's it. I, me, in, in, in the Utah side of it, I do still think that the Clippers are coming out because I don't understand how, you know, I don't understand what the Clippers do, why they have to go down 2-0 or, or anything like this, but we saw it in Game 3. They went over there. They got dealt with handedly. There was no need to turn on the game after halftime. I believe that they will also win Game 4, and now we have a brand-new series that will probably go seven games, and Kawhi will win in seven. And then he goes up against the Suns. <clears throat> and then we can actually see what Booker is. Then we can actually see what Chris Paul says. Even if they go up against Utah, I still think that's a very good battle because Utah, I do respect as a team. Again, they have the players, they have the team to see what the Suns actually have to see if they deserve to go to the NBA Finals. But right now, they haven't proved anything to me. This is the thing, right? And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ease up on Mans because everything Chris said may be true, right? But Mans aren't gonna go back and speak about the conversations we had in the past. See, because Mans are telling me they did what they're supposed to do, but I told you this was gonna happen. And Mans fought me on it. I told you guys that all of these teams are trying to get ready. I said there's one team in that conference that is ready right now, and it was the Suns. What I hear, oh, Mans are supposed to be healthy. By then, Mans will be ready. And they weren't. Well, they Lakers were. were no, until no, no, the, until no. they uh, AD that's, picked that's up the, another but, injury. Right, but that's the, the thing. Denver Eye, cool. But that's the thing. That's the thing. When you're limping in, the likeliest conclusion is you're limping out. Yeah, but fam, when, when you're talking about these, these matchups, you can only talk based on, you know, like health. 
No, no, fine. But the fact is, I told you guys about the health. I prefaced the health. That was my whole argument for this. He did I told you guys, these teams are not healthy. I said there is one healthy team. If you want to choose to ignore that, that's on you. But I see a team that's played well. They've obviously won a lot of games. They have a guy who can make shots, obviously, right? We may not look at him as a Kawhi Leonard or anywhere close to that, right? But I said they have a guy that can do that. They have a leader as well. And they're healthy. Literally 100% healthy. And look, their lead player, their leader, took a knock. But the rest of the guys held it held it down until they got back. Yeah, Anthony Davis got injured, but that was suppo- this is how it was supposed to go. We had a conversation where I was talking about for specifically, actually, I remember. It was the Clips tanking. And Chris was saying the Clips should want to see the Lakers as early as possible, right? Mm. To get them when they're down. These niggas even have to play the Lakers at any point in time. Why? Because they weren't healthy, right? And Chris was saying that you don't want to you want to play them as early possible because you don't want to play them later in the playoffs when they get healthier. But the fact of the matter is, you don't usually get healthier as you play a game every night. Shit just gets worse, especially when we're talking about a man like ADD with an Achilles and Bron dealing with an ankle. Like those guys were never going to get right this year specifically. But as we see, though, as we see, if if the if the Clippers ended up playing the Lakers and everything played out. They wouldn't have gone. They wouldn't have been in the struggle that they would have been. The Clippers could have been out. So Clippers I still stand Lakers. by that. Like if they played the Lakers, it definitely would have been. Just, an but you can't just take things in isolation and, and say like AD would have still got injured and shit like that. Like you can't say those things. Fair, but I'm saying like if 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 it, instead of the Clippers, if instead of the Suns, it was the Clippers and everything played out how it, it would have been an easier easier matchup for them. Then Luka Doncic. Then, then what happened with Luka? Yeah, but in no way would you have ever told me when that playoff started that the the Dallas Mavericks would have been a harder ma- matchup than the Lakers. That's my point. I'm talking about at that time, the conversations we had, I told Matt, these teams are not healthy. And all I heard was they're going to get ready. Yeah, I remember that. And that's the team that was ready. I remember that combo stuff. So I'm not, I'm not letting Mads play the card about... <laughs> now, I'm not going to let Mads talk about how they were injured and they played the Nuggets. First of all, the Nuggets beat a healthy team. So they're the better team. They're better than the Portland Trailblazers. See, I don't go into that because you're really... No, no, no. No, because <laughs> it's not like, it's not like that... these men's limped. It's not like they just lost Jamal Murray, right? I'm, I'm not saying that this is supposed to be a series. I thought the, the, nuns were, the Suns were going to deal with them, right? I'm not saying that they proved some huge thing by dealing with these guys. I do think there's something to be said in the fact of how they're beating them, right? Because at the end of the day, it's still MVP. That team still won enough games without Jamal Murray, right? Sure. So there's still a team. But by no means should they be hanging with the Suns. But I'm just not going to allow Mads to just frame it as if I didn't say this was going to happen. That's all I'm doing. Because I made it clear that the injuries is going to play a big part in this. And I was correct. You did say that. I remember you, you did, did say that. the injuries were going to play a part in it. So I'll give it to you. I'll definitely give it to you. I'm not trying to discredit you. What I'm saying is, though, I'm not crediting the Suns. So I will give you the nod to say, yes, you said that Mads were not going to be able to get healthy or be healthy enough to do what they are supposed to do there. But at the same token, I can't then look at the Suns and be like, all right, so I'm going to take you guys serious when I when I know you haven't gone, you haven't been through the fire yet. That's right. fair still. I'm not, that's fair because I think, I think there was some type of fire in that Lakers series. By no means when AD went down, at the time when AD went down, it's not like the, the Suns were just 
it was it was a foregone conclusion for the Suns. Now we knew, fam. No, 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 no. <laughs> because coming into that, that game, that game uh, five, I believe it was. After AD went down, Mavs were fully expecting Brown to come out and I'm on this. And he nah, did. I, mean, I bet against him. I don't care what you bet against. That has to do with odds. If it was no, even, I knew though. Bet? I knew though. I no, no, knew. Okay. I'm not going to put my okay, money on something you that I don't based know. On the odds. That's a, so. Don't don't talk about what you bet against. If you bet an even bet, cool. But don't tell me because you had some odds where another team was favored. You bet. I don't care. Right. So there's some type of fire there. I'm not saying some huge fire. I'm not saying they've been through everything. But again, if you watch the way they play and what they're doing, they're boxing a team in the semifinals handedly. And this is a team that be a, a Dame Lillard and, and cast, right? So this team is by, by no means ass, and they're absolutely dealing with it. It's not even close in these games. But here, here's what I'll talk out of two sides of my mouth. It's because Portland is ass. Portland didn't play defense. Yo, that's fine, but... And what we do know, the Suns can play defense. Like, they've been a, a good defensive team all year long. So just off the strength of defense alone is going to make it harder when you don't have a guard. Listen, Jamal Murray didn't go down yesterday is my point still. They made it here without him. So to then move like... Like, man's are talking like like Damian Lillard went out same way AD did. Sorry, Jamal Murray went out same way AD did. Like... He hasn't been here, and his team was still winning games. And so, so again, I'm not trying to say that they beat. It's about matchups, though, fam. I'm not saying they beat. Okay, and as I said two months ago, they're a matchup nightmare. I no, I went down the starting lineup nightmare. and I said they have for, everybody for that can fam. do everything. For a team like that, for a team like Denver, yeah, they're a matchup nightmare. But they're not a matchup nightmare for any other team in the playoffs right now. Okay, they're just not. Okay. <laughs> so you think it's just, it just perfect timing? It just so happens. Fam, everything broke right. We oh, said it before. The Lakers on the easier side of the ledger. But see, you see, Rob, you see what I'm talking about? Man, they're going back there like every, like I didn't say this was supposed to happen. But, fam, yeah, but every, Rob, what I'm saying every, is, right? Yes, he did say that. But what I'm saying is, even when the Lakers, out of Kev's mouth, bro, when the Lakers were healthy, he said that they got the easier side of the ledger. So now, how do I respect Denver, bro? To to respect Denver enough to then respect the Suns? I because can't. the Clippers were on the other side. That's why I said that. But I can't. I can't respect them. I'm sorry. I can't. I know what no, Denver that's is. Fine. That's fine. That, and that's okay, Chris. Right? When we we did this last year, when I come out and I make my take, Mans are never. Mans are just gonna ride. Mans are just gonna ride with theirs for the rest of the time. I understand. They they have time, fam. It's, As I said, the next tough. series, the next series on, that they go to, if I, I will was be the able man to judge that couldn't predict, that couldn't go against the grain and be right. I'd have to die on my hill too. I understand. Yeah, next I next series, it. we'll see. Next series, we'll see what's popping because I understand. We'll be able to say, I right, are these sons what they are? If they go out and they beat a Kawhi Leonard, I tip my hat. If they go out, beat Utah, I tip my hat. If they go out and lose, I'm a smug. They are who they are. They are who I thought they are. We'll see. Fine. We will definitely see. Again, these playoffs have been, I don't even know the right adjective. They've been, they've been unpredictable just because for the same reason that. Anytime we have a new champ, I'll say this. You have to kind of chalk it up and say like anything goes because obviously Lakers aren't winning it. I thought this was going to be the Bucks here, but it's going to, it's it's up in there. Anybody can really come around with the crown this year, so I'm glad to see that somebody will finally get a chance to be in the finals and and, and bring the crown. Hopefully, it's not KD though, because I already have my reservations about him. But anyway, though, um, yeah, that was a good discussion. Just over the hour mark, so I think it's about time we wrap it up. 
Um, it is a hardware report available on all streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Whatever you listen to, you can definitely check us out. Um, feel free to share, like, comment, subscribe, thumbs up, Google rate us, whatever you need to do, raise the engagement. It really does help the content and the platform. Um, yeah, playoffs are in full effect. We're going to keep it going. And even after the playoffs are done, we're probably going to have some content coming at you guys, some off-season content. Um, man's know how I feel about summer league. That's one of my favorite times of the year. Um, draft lottery is supposed to be coming up in about a week, week and a half. So we'll probably touch on that, but yeah, you guys have any things you want to say before we wrap up and get out of here? Not quickly about new champions. I saw like a, a figure where it said like anybody who wins has either not won a championship, like in, in team history or haven't won a championship in like in the books since like 1971. So someone's ending their championship droughts. That's pretty cool. Facts, facts. What were you, Kev? Uh, no, no, I'm good, deal. Some men's are right. Some men's just can't. <laughs> uh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Some men's are just right. So I still got some time. But yeah, it's the hard report, man. Um, yeah, we have a lot of things coming through the pipeline. So make sure you guys stay tuned and make sure you guys are listening to every pod. Uh, Mondays, 6 a.m. Um, listen to it on your morning drive with your with your coffee in hand. So share it, like, comment, subscribe, as I said again. But until then, we'll talk to you guys next time.